0: Just to continue in the misconceptions and myths, I, I, I jotted down a couple things. I wanted to uh, update on one halacha that I said. And this is something that these I, shiurim, for some reason, people um, people listen to. And uh, I get a lot of questions and random stuff. And I'll, I'll, some of them are just strange because some of the things are so made up I've never heard of them. But I mentioned once that there's a thing. A couple of them I'm going to mention are regarding Avelis. Part of the reason is because Avelis, nobody really knows what they're doing. Um, it's all MINIC based and a lot of, you know, People are nervous and people are confused, and so I mentioned that the, it's, usually your first time. it's also the first time. It's so there's just a lot of overall confusion. So I mentioned that there's really I don't understand why some rabbanim will give mourners a chair to sit shiva in the cemetery. I find that to be strange because shiva starts by the burial. You don't have to sit in the cemetery, and it's, it's always a very awkward thing. The, they're nervous, they're uncomfortable, they want to go back home, it's cold, and they put a chair and they make them sit. I, I found this to be strange. So I want to update, because I, I know big Rabbonim that do this, I just, I just didn't understand it. So I still don't understand it, but I'll tell you what I found. The, uh, the Neta Gavriel in Dav Tovshin Shin Yud Ches, he brings down that Lich you should do a form of Avelas in the cemetery now first of all he says if you didn't it's still shiva. but he says initially you should however he says we do that by taking off the shoes it's customary that after the burial before the mourner walks through the shura walks through the aisle of people and everyone says Hamakim they take off the shoes and they walk through and they say Hamakim Says in that is a fulfillment that is officially an act of Avelos I still am back to what I said. I don't understand why you would have to sit. I understand there's an inion to to do something that's a form of avelis, but we do that by taking off the shoes and walking through. So that is the fulfillment. I, I still am back to not understanding fully why we do that. Yeah? Oh. Oh. No, but my point is you don't have to. Shiva. Oh, Oh, you're saying that if people don't want to travel back to the house, okay, for convenience. But that's not why they're doing it because they want to officially have an act of Avelis. My point is you have the act of Avelis by them taking off the shoes and walking through the two lines, and everyone says, that's Avelis. That's Shiva. You don't need. Sitting is is an unnecessary aspect. Yeah, if for some reason. they're not wearing shoes already, or they're—I don't know—they're wearing leather shoes, which they're not supposed to. I, I'm not sure. I, I just don't understand it fully. Okay. No, Kriya would not be enough. There would be an act of Aveilus. It wouldn't be Kriya, but but the Netzach Gavril says an act of Aveilus would be taking off the shoes, and that's that's it. That's 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 beginning Shiva. You take off the shoes. That's officially the start of Shiva. So I, I don't understand more. Okay. First one I wanted to talk about this week. This I got asked recently is someone called me and said that she was told. Um, that she has to be very careful with checking eggs. And not only checking eggs is a thing, but you have to cook it with three eggs. So l- let me explain. I asked you about this. You asked me? I, I got asked if it happens to be a lady. A separate pot. Yeah, a separate pot, three eggs. So let me explain. Historically, it was a thing. First of all, it was historically an obligation to check. It was also historically a thing that, that if you found a blood spot, you'd throw out the entire egg. And they would only cook eggs three at a time. The reason being is because that way, if one of the eggs has a blood spot, you have roiv. You have the majority of kosher. Would that make now, it kosher? yes, that would make it bottle, It wouldn't trafe up the the other things. However, that is no longer really required. I'll, I'll tell you why. That was back then. If you found a blood spot in eggs, when the eggs are fertilized, which means it could develop into a chicken. It's from a mommy and a daddy egg. The egg is formed. It could turn into an actual chick. That was called a fertilized egg. If you found the blood spot, that was a sign that the blood spot was not just a blood spot. It was that the entire egg died. It was a baby chick that died. Because of this, the entire egg is osir. It could trafe up the kalim, and it could do damage. Our eggs are not fertilized. They're not. They're unfertilized eggs, which means our eggs will never turn into chicks. An egg, a chicken just lays eggs with or without a hen, having lived with it. Our chicken eggs are unfertilized. They will never turn into anything. Which means the blood spots that you find are not really a problem. Ramosha said that the blood spots that we find, while we don't eat the blood spot, you don't have to throw away the entire egg. You just discard the blood spot. If you find the blood spot in an egg, you don't have to discard the entire egg. You just get rid of the blood spot. The reason being is because it's marisayin; It might be a blood vessel that popped. It's not a real problem. It's just the minig is that we get rid of the blood spot. And the minig is still to check. But... The obligation to check is not as strong. So meaning, the OU says that if, let's say, you, you have a situation where you didn't check. Oops, you made a kugel, you didn't check. It's fine. Or it's running out of time, it's getting late, you have the family coming over, you can't check the eggs, it's fine. Because again, that changed. So it's not made up, but it no longer fully applies. The minig is still to check, but it's not as much of a chiev to check because worst case scenario, you're not dealing with real uh, real problems of the entire egg being tray. If you're dealing with a blood spada which is not the biggest deal in the world. Again, we still discard the blood spot, and the minigist is to still check the eggs, but it's not as much of an obligation. Therefore, there's no requirement to cook three at a time anymore because the whole thing is—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's, it's not as much of a chiv as it used to be. Even organic HVL? Yeah, they're still not fertilized. You're not going to, no, they're not fertilized. Even organic, and organic has a lot of brown spots, by the way. Those are not blood spots. Those are iron spots. You have to check. But, but, uh, but the point is, um, those are not, they're not fertilized. Eggs. You're not finding fertilized eggs in the market. They're just, they're just not done. Okay. Um, this next one is, this is going to be more of a bigger one that might, like, bother people. I'm going to throw out a couple that are uh, Avalus related so, Sephardim have a thing, that when you go to a shiva home, they offer you food. It's part of the culture. They offer you food, you make a bracha, it's, it's like a party over there. Ashkenazim don't eat at shiva houses. And the minute, the, the, if you ask Ashkenazim, they don't eat at a shiva house. And is that a thing? So short answer, no. I'll t- let me explain. There's no source, to my knowledge, of not eating at a shiva house. Under any circumstances, no source not to eat at a shiva house. That's not a thing. What there is a source is from Rav Kiveger. R' K. Beger. K. Beger says there was an old Ashkenazi minig not to take anything out of a shiva home, not to take food that's left over, not to take svarim, not to take anything out of a shiva home. That was an old Ashkenazi minig. So first of all, definitely you could eat in a shiva house. There's no problem. Like Again, Ashkenazi. I was by. I was by. Uh, you know, I'm sure you can imagine. I was. So she wanted to serve. And I said, "You're gonna offer Ashkenazim, but not gonna eat." And she said, "Why not?" I said, "I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure, but they're just not gonna eat. So offer the svardim, um, because they'll eat. Because if you if you're so accustomed, please please eat. Ashkenazim, they don't want to. They're not gonna eat. But there's no Indian not to eat. That I think is completely made up. You could definitely eat at a shiva house. The family's eating. There's no there's no problem. What Rav Kiveger says is that there's an idea not to take anything out of a shiva. So let's say there's at a shiva house and like, oh, we have so much extra food. Can you please take some? That there's an old Ashkenazi minig natu. Even that, why not? Even that, it's unclear why. It could be, it's not made up, but most likely, if I had to guess, most sources from that this minig are discussing scenarios where the person died in the house. So if he died in the house, there's more tumah. So then that tumma rests on all the items that shouldn't be removed. But in most shiva houses where the person didn't die in the home, and it's just the family sitting, I'm not aware of any Indian natu. It's probably mutter. Rabbi Olbaum even wrote a tshuva where he said that like, if there's baltashchis, they shouldn't throw out the food, you could take it. So definitely eating in a shiva house is fine. But even taking food out, which there is a legitimate minig natu, it's a minig of Ashkenazim, it's most likely only in a scenario where the person died in the room. Or died in the house, but if he didn't die in the house, if he died in the hospital. Probably no problem. Uh, I probably would take it. I've been in shiva house, but they offer me food. I'll, I'll make a bracha. I'm not going to offend. I don't care. But it is. But I will say this, knowing full well that everything I said, Ashkenazim still are not going to eat at a shiva house. It's just not. We're not. We're, we're not going to change that quickly. But I'm not aware of any reason not to eat at a shiva house. Taking food out is a thing, and most likely only when the person died in the house, but not to eat at a shiva house, I'm not aware of any real specific reason. I, I, I looked, I couldn't, I couldn't find anything. Um, moving right along. This one is not a full misconception, but it's kind of a misconception. Um, changing seats by an Ovil. It's unclear, by the way, whether women have to change their seats. Probably not, it's debatable. But for a man to change his seat. There is an Indian for a man to change his seat during avelus, especially during Shloshim, after Shloshim also, for a parent to change your seat. So let's say if you sit here, you move four Amos away and you change your seat. It's to show that, you know, your life is turned upside down, so to speak. Changing it on Shabbos is a misconception. Uh, Let me explain. Should you change your seat on Shabbos? The Ramah says Yes. I'm sorry, the Shulchanar, Ramos says yes, the Ramah says the minig is to change. That's why Litvaks will change their seat even on Shabbos. They will change their seat for that year, they will change. Most Hasidim Sfardim don't, and most Hasidim do not on Shabbos. It's because the Arizal... They, they have two separate seats? Yeah, so by the way, yeah, yeah. it's... it's, it's, it's a, yeah. But the reason why I was actually thinking about it, the reason why it's not in a gay is because usually during the week they're davening. So no. during the week, they're being chazen. I was thinking about it. Why don't I see people change their seats so often during the week? because they're chazen, usually. If they're in Avelos, they're usually chazen, so they're not sitting by their seat so much. But during the week, there's an Indian. On Shabbos, the Arizal said not nah to. And the reason is very simple. We don't do... This will talk about talk in a few minutes. On Shabbos, there's still mourning, but not public forms of mourning. We don't do what's called Avelos before Hesia. So changing your seat, the Arizal felt is a public form of mourning, so he was against it. So it's not made up to change the seed, but it's not something that Hasidim do and them. it's an old Litvish Minig, so Litvaks will follow their approach Hasidim will will not and they'll follow that result. and that's 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 the basic approach moving right along this one is interesting in my old shul I davin davened there's a couple differences between it's again it's not a misconception but there's are differences that depending on what part of Klal you're a part of you'd be very shocked if you like ever saw the alternative, meaning, like Svaridim, I'll give an example, there are certain things, Svaridim don't fall on their head by Tachanon, a lot of women don't come to shul during the week, so they haven't seen it, Svaridim don't, I've been in shul by Svaridim the first time they daven by Ashkenazim, and they, they never saw this before, and it's a strange thing, but that's just part of it, there are certain things that are like customs in certain places and unheard of in other places. In Litvish, not Litvish, in young Israel's, like old school Ashkenaz, like German Ashkenaz, there are certain things that are just you notice that you n- will never see. I up to Hashiveinu daven exclusively in Bergmanshul and then Shara but I was basically in Bergmanshul my entire life. As a Litvish shul, as a shul, as a Chassidic I had never seen a Kel Male being said. They don't say Kel you go to Young Israels, Kel male, it's it's, it's, a
1: line. It's, a line it's a line to say
0: line. Kel male. Over here we say, a, let me just explain. What, what this is, is there was an old Ashkenazi minig that on the Shabbos before a yard site, by Mincha, you get up and you say, Kel Moleh Rachamim, Shochein Bamrom, and you say, Atfila tefillah, nishmas, the upcoming yard site. Hasidim, do not do it. I'll explain why. I had never seen it before until I went to Young Israel, Boca Raton, at Boca Raton Synagogue, Boca Raton Synagogue, BRS, by Ephraim Goldberg, and there was mamish, like a line. And I remember going to someone, like, why are we not davening? And they're like, Kelmole. And it was legit, like, six minutes, because there were a lot of them older, and they had a lot of yard sites, and it was just, grandfather, great-grandfather, chasin, don't do it. Like another thing also, like by uh, Ashkenazim, by Young Israel, like when, they, when the week, the Shabbos of Shiva, when the mourners walk into the shul, they wait until after Luchadodi and everyone says, Hamakim yinach. I had never seen this before. Because don't do this. So let me just explain why is it that don't do Kim? I know, it's but they, I think that it started historically where they did it before sunset. I don't know, it's a strange thing. It, they should do it before Kabbalah well, Shabbos. Well, yeah, well, it's officially before Mizmashir, so it's technically before Kabbalah Shabbos of the classical sense but but again chasidim don't do it the shabbos it's shabbos it's we don't as i've told people that unfortunately passed away i won't announce it because you don't do public form of avails and if i get up by the speech and say well, you know we wish condolence that's that's public form of it so kill don't do kill mollies on shabbos even during the week usually not but definitely not on shabbos some do it during the week but on shabbos for sure not what's the indian again, in young Israels, it's a thing them don't do it, so let me just explain it's not a misconception, it's not a myth, it just depends on what part of Klai Yisrael you're from the reason is, twofold. first of all why do people say kill Molly on Shabbos? so the reason brought down from the Beis was because on Shabbos, the, the neshamas are not punished in Gehenim, right? Gehenim closes on Shabbos, so because they're not being punished, it's a great time to give them a bracha, okay, especially on the upcoming yard site, like, they're not, they're not going through stuff, give them a nice bracha Two reasons why Chasidim are against it. Number one, many perceive Kel as a shortened version of like Tzidak Adin. We don't say Tzidak Adin on Shabbos. We don't. We don't mention the righteousness of Hashem when someone passes away because that's on Shabbos. It, it, it causes pain, and we don't do that on Shabbos. So saying Kel on Shabbos, it's actually very counterintuitive because it's not shop Shab- It's not Shabbos dick basically. But the real reason why Hasidim don't do it is because the following line, I wrote this down, the, the Sefer Orchus Chaim of Spink brings down a Kabbalah from the Arizal, that the Arizal was in Shul, and someone said Kelmali on an Shabbos, and this is what the Arizal said. The Arizal started laughing, and the Arizal said, Ain mailin, Kelmalis don't help the souls. Upom meiridin, and sometimes it hurts, Emene if they're not worthy of this bracha. So, basically, the Arizal was basically saying, if you see what's going on, you'd realize you probably shouldn't be doing this. Because of that line, it was shut down. The Mimil Chassidim is they do not. And again, you can go to a shtiebel your whole life, you'll never see it, you don't even know what I'm talking about. But that's probably the reason why they don't do it. But again, listen, if someone does it, okay, fine, they have what's it, it's there. So I do it because the people ask. Even they, though- they ask, I'm not gonna, I'm not... My, I don't. In part, I don't. I don't. Listen, you want to say it? Sure. Yeah, I'll. I'll facilitate. I'm not gonna. <laughs> it's an interesting thing. The only time, there's only one time. Hold on one second. So, but in general, the Kelmali, Because I don't think it's wrong, I will facilitate. But if someone were to ask me, should I do it? Like a couple of weeks ago, someone wanted to say Kelmali, and it happens to be there was a misconception, mis- misunderstanding with the balkara The balkara basically handed the sefer and the chazan started saying like Yahalu. Because they didn't know, it's like I came over and I said, it's maybe for the best. Like, let's just take this as a sign, it's probably for the best, that you're not saying. Okay, I have a couple more I'm going to run through. One more is just very quick. Again, it has to do with Availus, just because this is unfortunately what I've been dealing with a little bit. Um, The Shabbos of Shiva, you're not allowed to shower before. Just wanted to make that clear. One of the Halachas of Shiva is you're not allowed to take a shower. Again, if you're super dirty, for a cold shower you have to ask a Rav. Still, they don't. You're not allowed to shower during Shiva. People think that on Shabbos, Erev Shabbos, you could, because it's Erev Shabbos. No, the only difference on Shabbos of Shiva is anything outward. Inward Avelos still applies. Shower is considered a private form. It's called sinna. We just still have private forms of Avelos on Shabbos. You're not allowed to shower Erev Shabbos. I just want to make that clear. Okay, this next one is an overall rule that I'd like to just put out there. And that is, that that... that... That are against, that are basically teetering on breaking halacha are not acceptable. Because here's the thing I don't wanna, like, (sighs) a general rule any halacha, any skula, first you try to find a source for it, but any skula that has no source in halacha, you wanna do it, it's probably not a good thing to do. But once it starts teetering on breaking halacha, then it's not okay. I've mentioned this. Every, it was Ervim Kipper. I rush Rosh Ervosh Hashanah. I think it's Erev Kipper. Kippur, Shoshana. Rosh whatever it is. Someone sends me a skula. There's skulas that only exist in WhatsApp. They don't exist in Svarim. It's like, uh, by the way, I'm, 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 I'll say this. I got like from 30 people the thing about the Kedusha Slavi that every day you're supposed to daven for a different thing in a Hanukkah. Maybe that's a thing. I couldn't find it anywhere. But that's not a big deal. You want to daven the fourth day you're supposed to daven because the four Emos, so you're supposed to daven to be a, for the women to dive in, I guess for a man to be like the most, I, I don't know. But uh, fine, okay, whatever. But I get every, every Kimper, every Shoshana, that you should have seven meals, fast, wash and bench seven times. That's a schooler. I get every single year, and I always tell the same thing. It's a school to have a bracha shayna You're not allowed to bench and then in order to wash again. That's not allowed. That's an, an unnecessary bracha. To bench in the middle of your meal so you could wash again is the definition of unnecessary bracha. And Erevim Kippur is not the time to be doing this. But so there's one that goes around. And I'm not saying it's made up. Maybe. But I, I'm not saying it's made up. But I think it's misunderstood. This past Shabbos, we had three sifritar. And it's a beautiful thing. And I try to give out the, the psicha to like a family because I think it's like a good optic for like the pictures that you could have the two sons and the That's father. Nice it's very nice. Exactly, but I, I have cameras. I can get to it if you need me. But it's a nice thing. Okay, conceptually it's a nice thing. But they, get, they send this skula out from the Sefer Heichalus of Rashmi, which I, I don't know what that is. I'm sure it's, it's, that it's a, an opportune time to daven. Okay, here's my problem. You're not allowed to daven on Shabbos for personal, physical requests. That's not allowed. On Shabbos, you're not allowed to make personal requests. That's brought down in Shulchan Aruch. Osir. The reason being is very simple. If a person davens for parnasa, for Shadokim, for health on Shabbos, it's going to lead him to thinking about his problems, and he's going to be sad. And Shabbos is a time where everything is perfect. And therefore we say, Shabbos, he Shabbos prevents you from crying out. You're not allowed to daven on Shabbos for personal things. So, if a person's gonna daven because it's a school to daven, that's a very nice thing. You're only allowed to daven for spiritual health and spiritual success. That is all. But that's not what people are doing. When people send this out and they say it's an opportune time, what is an opportune time to daven for? What do you think people are davening for? You tell Jews it's an opportune time to daven. What do you think they're going to daven for? They're going to daven for personal things, which you're not allowed to do on Shabbos. Do I think that there's an exception because it's a three-laning? No, I don't think it's an exception. That's an example where it might be a nice thing, but it's it's teetering on breaking halacha. Anytime there's a skula to daven on Shabbos, you cannot daven for personal things. That is all. So even on Rosh Hashanah, you're not supposed to. It's debatable, Yom Kippur, Eveshir, if it's Shabbos, but on Shabbos not. So I just want to remember. I, my sister mentioned the couple. I, again, I'm not, I'm not good with these schoolers because I haven't heard of them because I they, <laughs> I think they're so made up that they haven't gotten to me yet. But I'll get them at some point. But I'll just throw a couple that I that are definitely, to my knowledge, made up. By the way, the kvittel thing by the Minerva, I have not found the source. I haven't. It's definitely not... I haven't found a source. If someone has it, I'm not confident that that's made up. Someone told me Ramayil Chabitamin was talking about it. I checked in the safe for Anzois Chanaka. He doesn't mention it. It's a strange thing to me to write a kvittel to a menorah. It's not from... That's not where I'm from. Even writing by the kotel, some people do. The ultra, ultra-orthodox Rabbanim usually don't. There is a source for writing a kvittel by the kotel. It's a story going back, I think, by the Orchayim HaKadosh and the Chidah, there was a Misa Okay, fine. Is a kvitl when you go to a Rebbe? That's a thing, because you're writing a pidya nefesh to your Rebbe. But just to stop and write a kvitl, I don't don't, know. Hashem doesn't need you to write a kvitl. If you daven, you could daven. It's a strange thing to me. Uh, uh, My sister mentioned a couple. uh, um, Davening under the chuppah? After the chuppah is over? That when the chuppah, when everyone leaves, apparently all the women daven under the chuppah? I don't know, the men daven, they make mincha. They make mincha. Again, I'm, I'm not aware I I mentioned once the, the jewelry. That I could tell you is made up that you give the jewelry uh, under the chuppah to single people as a school to get married. So it's made up. What's the broken plate? The, oh, so that she also mentioned. Apparently, I, I never heard of this that people yeah. take the broken plates.
1: The the, not, not the
0: one from, from the the That you broke, Mom, that you broke to, to show that you're not gonna break up the marriage. So what is that? Uh, so that's a good sign. That the, the, the same way the break is uh, the, the right. plate is broke is not broken. It can't be undone. So right. too you'll have a marriage. Okay, uh, sure, whatever. Uh, uh, by the way, so that, that's made up. The the under the Chuppah. I think it's also made up. I'll also mention this. It's not made up. I don't know. How, I, I, it's a strange thing to me. Hanging up a ksuba on the wall is a strange thing. The reason why people do it historically, they never did it historically. We came across, we were going through our old family. Uh, we were working on a yichus of my mother's family. My mother's family comes from very, very chasuva people. So we were trying to like put together who her family is. It's very interesting. My own, like, big, big tzaddikim, kotzker of Hennech of Alexander, and big big, big, big people. And we were going through it. We found, like, the, my grandparents. Ksuba. It's folded it, just a little piece of paper. Historically, there's one halach about a ksuba, and that is that the the wife has to know where it is. She has to know where it is. I guess if you hang it on the wall, that's an easy way for her to know where it is. No, said that. It said you'll always know where you'll it is. Know where it is. I gotta tell you though, it's a strange thing that it became this like yeah. ornamentous. It's a document delineating the husband's obligations upon divorce. So it's a if you if you actually like explain it in that way it's if there's death or divorce these are the financial obligations <coughs> the husband will give to the widow or the divorcee. Okay. Them very they do make I'm it sure? pretty. <laughs> and I can tell you from someone who signed the ksubas at weddings, the pretty ones are very difficult. They usually don't give enough room to fill out. And that's why I have been at weddings where I was the aide and the person before me messed up. He signed inappropriately. He messed up. So I turned to them the Masada the and I said, The guy messed up and there's this giant $1,000 ksuba. <laughs> so the Rev even looked at me. He's like, What do I do? I said, Here's what we're going to do. I happen to have in my car an old Dollar ninety nine Suba. And I said this yeah. is the real one. The other one's fake. We're gonna put this behind the picture. And that's the real one. Whatever. I just I'm not that doesn't bother me because it's just it's just stupid, but it doesn't it's not a thing. I don't understand why it became like a thing that it's just like you putting up a suba. If you if you had asked, if you explain to a person why that is, they would find it strange. Okay. Um, I have just two or three more, if it's not too late. I think I might have mentioned this, I, I don't remember, and that is it's not a thing, it's not made up, but I think it's misunderstood why people do it. And that is, when women light candles on Friday night, they they light the candles, make a bracha, and then they do this, like that. That's probably not the way it should be done. I think that's the opposite of of, of what they're doing. What's the reason why they cover their eyes? you will say kavana. Okay, that's fair. But there's another reason, a much more fundamental halachic reason, and that is, Normally when you do a, a mitzvah, you make the bracha and then do the action. Oy And that's how svar them light candles. They make the bracha and then they light the candles. And by the way, that's how men should light the candles. I remember the first time I lit candles, uh, I was in 10th grade and my family went away for Shabbos. It was me and a couple friends were over. And I lit candles and I lit and I did this. And I didn't know what I was doing. Um, men light, make the bracha and then light the candles. So why don't women do it that way? They normally should. This is one of the few exceptions where you're making the bracha after doing the action and the reason is because Ashkenazi Rishonim felt that when a woman makes a bracha she's mekabal Shabbos that's a form of Kabbalah Shabbos is by saying so you make the bracha so once you say the bracha you're mekabal Shabbos once you're mekabal Shabbos you can't light it so what you do is you light it then you're forced to make the bracha after but we want the bracha to be before something so we say light the candles don't make the bracha but don't look at the candles yet don't benefit from the candles look away then you'll make the bracha and then you open it. So the bracha is before the benefit. So the bringing the light to your eyes is the opposite of what you should be doing. You should be lighting, looking away, and then opening your eyes. So it's not made up. I just think it's misunderstood why they do it. And that's why because that's why men don't have to do it because we're making the bracha, then lighting, because we're not Mechabal Shabbos with the Hadlaka anyway. We're Mechabal Shabbos later in shul. But that's just, so it's not made up. I think it's just, um, I think it's just misunderstood. Uh, I have... Two more. Uh, I have two more. One is a little bit longer, so maybe I'll do one, and then maybe we'll save the next one. You know, actually, they're short. I'll, I'll do it in two minutes because this is like a quick. The nature of the year. Um, wraps. You have to make hamotzi. That's that's my answer. I, I don't understand why people it say. On, on what they're made of or? So most wraps don't taste sweet. They they're wraps. They they a, 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 a tortilla wrap, a wheat wrap. They taste like. Dope. they they rap. So there's a video online. If you Google it, go to YouTube. Type in Rav David Feinstein W A R A P. There's no like R A P. That There's no Rav David Feinstein rapping. It's W. Rav <laughs> David Feinstein raps, and the story is: these your video. There's a yeshivish guy who hands a, 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 a flour tortilla to Rav David, and he says, "Rebbe, what bracha is you this?" So Rav David looks at him and he says, "Hamotzi," and he said, "But I only eat it with tuna salad." So Rav David said, and I only eat bread with tuna salad. What's the difference? It's bread is bread is bread. What's the difference? So it's completely made up. I, I, to my knowledge, I, again, I, I don't understand why people would make a mizayinus. It's hamaytzi, it's hamaytzi. But I will say this, and this is the one thing I'm going to, not too long, very, very big are. Mizonus bread. I'm a firm believer. I follow Rav Belsky in this one. I believe mizonus bread is made up. I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's, I think it's a farce. I, don't, I know there are big Rabbonim who endorsed it. The Ida haredis is into it. I can just tell you, I was so convinced. I, you know, Rebelski was really convincing. I read his Chuva when I was younger. It's in the first Messaira, it is a Chuva from Rebelski. He pretty much clearly says that it's made up. And let me just explain in two minutes where it's coming from. Um, anything dough that's baked is bread, you have to wash. There's three kinds of Mizonos bread. It's called Pasa It's in Simen Kuf Samach uh, Ches, Sif Zayin. It's Sif Kuf Zayin, Sif Ches. I didn't check it out. So sort of, there's three categories of Mizonas, which is doughs that are mezonus, that They're Mizonas unless you eat enough of it, you eat a meal's worth, and then it's hamotzi. And that's crackers, pies, cakes. So crackers are thin, pies are filled with sweet filling, and then there's cakes, which is a sweet batter. See, they agree. <laughs> The Mizonos bread tastes like bread. It's a roll. Like you buy, you go to the store, they have these tuna sandwiches and it says on it Mizonos. It tastes like bread. It looks like bread. It's not any of the three categories. So where does it come from? Where it comes from is there's a teaching from the Marsham. The Marsham, Rosham John, was a very big paisik He was the Av Bezdin of Brazil. And he was a very, very big paisik in Europe. He has a safer called Das Torah, which is the notes that he wrote on the side of His Shulchan Aruch. He says over there that if... You have a dough that tastes like dough, tastes like bread. Mom, tastes like bread, but it's one hundred percent made with fruit juice. But it just still doesn't taste sweet. Mizonos. Okay, here's the problem. That's Keneged the Shulchan Aruch. That's Keneged the Rama. It's a lone opinion, and not only is it a lone opinion, Ravelsky made a very interesting point. He never printed it in his lifetime. The Das Torah was, was printed posthumously from his notes, which means he never endorsed it, it was something he wrote on the side of a Shulchan Aruch. Maybe he didn't mean to be printing, maybe he did, but to take something that he printed posthumously, that he never printed, that is against the Shulchan Aruch and against the Ramah, meaning it's a tremendous chiddush, it's not, a, it's not what the Ramah says, it's not what the Shulchan Aruch says, it's a lone opinion that's a very big chiddush that he didn't print. Now if he printed it, fine. You want to rely on him, that's fine. He didn't print it. I'll mention this very quickly because I know it's getting late. I do apologize. I have a safer. I think I don't know if I mentioned this. There's a safer called Valeu Loivo. I bought it in Eretz Yisrael. I remember it's a blue safer. I have it downstairs in my house. It's called Valeu Loivo. It's where someone asked Rosh Shlomo Zalman quick questions when he was walking to Shul. Like a thousand of them. They printed them. And I, I mentioned this. Yeah. And I, I I bought it. I was so excited. On the plane from Eretz Yisrael home, I went through the entire safer and I was like, oh, I'm going to add this to my Mishabura. And then in the beginning, One of his sons, they printed a letter from one of his sons that basically says, please don't print this Sefer. My father did not see it. My father did not endorse it. This was said on his way home from Shul without Svarim, said to individual Tamidim that maybe he knew needed a leniency. He didn't, please don't print this Sefer. And not only did they print it, they printed with that letter, I'm sure so, they didn't read the letter. They got an. Yeah. From so, his son, from his son, by the book. way, oh, when you go through the sefer, <laughs> you look in the beginning. It looks like another haskam, another haskam, another haskam. The great. title is It's better to have an open rebuke than hidden love. So he said, please don't print the saver, because my father didn't look it over. So why do I have to? My, I would have to, you know. And he said things when he was walking to people, and maybe he knew that that Talmud was. Right. So Das Teres said the same thing. Says he didn't print it. And also, the Shulchan Aruch writes very clearly, the only type of dough that you make a mazonis. and by the way, even if it's mazonis, if you eat a meal's worth, you have to wash. So all these mazonis breads, having them, they're having a sandwich anyway. So, but it doesn't taste sweet, so it's not one of the three categories. You found a loophole. He does, it's not brought down by Shulchan Aruch and Rama. Therefore, he thinks it's made up. I've always kind of gone with that approach. So these mazonis breads, I, I, I wash on them. I wash fully. One last one, and will end with this. Uh, sometimes you'll be at a wedding and they'll have like a washing station. They'll have like little croutons. Don't eat those croutons. I don't know. If they're probably not clean. But like, don't eat those croutons over there because you're supposed to eat a suda at your table and not just have a little bit and then you wait for the more. You, you, you just that's also it's not made up. But just don't that don't that's not right. I will right, we'll stop. Here.